Welcome to Making Comics, a podcast exploring the comics process from two different perspectives. I'm Keith. I write the comic Kadoja, in addition to reviewing horror books and horror comics on KeithRFoster.com, with also a few articles on iHorror.com. And I'm Scott Loss, the creator and artist of The Second Shift and Wanders of Melisanda from The Accidental Aliens. Yeah, man. So we know the deal here. We uh, we hit double digits. We are in, we, technically, I guess we hit double digits last episode because we have that episode zero, but it, it doesn't it doesn't have the impact that episode one zero has. So we are on yes, the big it's one official. zero. Yeah, official. Mm-hmm. Official double digits and everything. So um, with that, man, tell me about your week. Okay, so for weeks I've been struggling what what to call this, um, but you know instead of commissions, it's just freelance work. So I do uh-huh. freelance work for pro wrestling loot, and so my monthly obligations to them is now fulfilled, and I knocked out five or six more uh, freelance projects from them since last we talked, and um, back on pages. So I had started pages on the previous episode, and I have continued that. I'm working through some problems that I was running to on another page. And um, yeah, man, I'm just figuring new things out, things that I've known for quite a while. Like I'm incorporating more Dutch angles into my my pages. And, uh, you know, just I've known about Dutch angles forever, but I don't know why. It's just I have never really incorporated them into my my work that much. Quick, quick interruption. What is a Dutch angle? So a Dutch angle is uh, a shot that is maybe like 15 degrees tilted. Like it could be anywhere like just slightly tilted, five degrees, 10 degrees, 15 degrees um, from your viewpoint. Okay. So, you know, yeah. So if you're looking at a door, you know, you turn that five degrees sideways one way or the other yeah and so i've i've started to incorporate dutch angles into my work and um just listening to youtube shows where artists that are well known are reviewing others works and you you know just them kind of punching that home is is just you know it's it's really influencing how i look at things now and so i had a page that was really well laid out i really enjoyed how it looked the composition and everything um but before i worked on this one particular panel i was like it's a bit straight on it's just a straight on shot but let me dutch angle it and boom it just changed the whole dynamic of the page it uh, improved it by so much so i'm uh, pretty happy with that and uh, that that's just uh, the things I'm working on. Like now that my month's uh, worth of projects is done for Pro Wrestling Loot, I'm just going to be focusing on Second Shift Issue 10 and trying to bang out as many pages as I can um, as quickly as I can. So, okay. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it, man. That's like my entire week. So as you were talking, I went ahead and looked up Dutch Angles. And um, mm-hmm. you ever, you know, like one of these weird, to, to quote, to quote Funkadelic, there is no coincidence or accident sometimes, right? There's a there's a song by Funkadelic, I believe, called Good Thoughts, Bad Thoughts. This is an amazing song. It's it's not as much a song as it is a 10-minute guitar solo with um, with mm-hmm. almost no music other than the guitar sp- solo and then spoken words. And um and there happens to be some like, you know, cosmic stuff that reminds me of that. Anyway, the reason I say that is because when I look up Dutch angles on uh, Google, the f- two of the first five images are from the movie 12 Monkeys, which I just rewatched mm. four days ago. Isn't that weird? I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that happens to me a lot. It's it's so bizarre, yeah. those coincidences. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Like, I, I've seen 12 mm-hmm. Monkeys twice in my life, once in the theater and the other time you know, four days ago, right? I wanted to show it to to my family. None of them had seen it. And I found myself, um, you know, it does have some, it, it's it's gotten some traction given the pandemic. Um, and mm-hmm. it and it's always been a movie that I've found uh, fascinating and with, with a couple interesting devices I make references to all the time, right? So anyway, um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of wild. That was kind of I wild. think it came out when I was in uh, 11th grade when that came out. And I wore, I recorded it off of Showtime or HBO or whatever it was on. And I wore that tape out. I watched it constantly. I love that movie. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. I haven't seen it since then, though. So it's been quite a while. 
it holds up well, man. I like it. Uh, I gotta, I gotta check it out again. I wonder, is it on any streaming sites? Uh, no, I ended up paying a couple bucks for it through uh, Amazon. Oh, okay. So I mean, I, it's one of those things of like you can, pre- you know, you pay a couple bucks for it, or I mean, you might be able to find it. I know you're better at that kind of stuff, but uh, that's what I just broke down and did. Yeah, man. So that's my week. Uh, what'd you get up to? Okay, yeah. So for me, um, I I had a, like most weeks, it was a lot of small things. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to divide it into chunks and just talk about animals a little bit this week because a couple things came through on animals that I haven't really had a chance to play with. And so uh, thing number one was I spent a good amount of time continuing to try to rework this animal script. But what I was doing is, I, so what it, what it is is as we get to the last couple chapters, it's really the last couple chapters that I'm fixating on right now because I generally know what I'm going to say, but I haven't really synced it up with my idea of what it would look like. Right. And and since I am now the kind of conceptual artist for it, it's my job. Right. I'm not just writing a script to give to someone. I am the person visualizing it. So um, and again, I haven't written the script, but I generally know the topics that are going to get covered. So um, I spent a lot of time just trying to figure out where I want, you know, what I want the final pages to kind of be, because again, they're probably going to be photographed. So I'm going to have to, you know, like maybe I can do some Dutch tilt. I'm going to have those kind of options to play with in terms of just photography, because then I'll put them through the treatments and do my things and then give them to Albert uh, Nguyen so that he can draw some figures over them and things like that. So, uh, so that was, that was a good chunk of time. Um, you know, I, I did that, uh, a few times through the week, I kind of picked that up and tried to try to punch through it. So that was thing number one that I did on animals. And then the other thing is that Albert did send me his overlay drawings um, for, I think, let me think about this. It would be chapters, a couple spots in chapters five, six, and seven, where I asked him to kind of go over a few things and kind of redraw them as pencil drawings. So I did get those back. I think they look good. I have not put them on the finished pages yet, but uh, it's something that I'll probably do over the next few days just so I can see what it looks like there. I don't know if we talked about this. Are you a fan of Bill Sienkiewicz? He's probably my favorite artist. Oh, excellent. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. have you looked into some of his work as inspiration? Because I don't, I've never, yes. honestly, I've never seen any of this stuff, so I don't know what it looks like. But just the idea, like, I know Sienkiewicz did a lot of um, uh, cross-media, multimedia work. So he'd go into painting and collage work and, and things along those lines. Is that something you've thought about looking into? Maybe emulating some of that type of type of work? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, I am about to send you a, a picture. A, a picture's worth a thousand words. You know what? I think maybe you did show me something like this. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I no, showed it to I... you when we were hanging out at Lazy Dog. Yeah. I. Th- yep. Okay. There you go. I was like, yeah. this. honestly, I think this kind of does look familiar. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah so it's, again, yeah, it, it's, I dig it's it. Sinkevigy. Um, those are some of the earlier mm-hmm. pages and obviously the style will change a little bit because, you know, another kind of mid artist shift, but, uh, but yeah, so no, Sienkiewicz is awesome. In fact, I, I was able to, uh, I, I don't know how many years he's done it at San Diego Comic-Con, but for at least the last one or two that, that were there, that would have been what, 2019 and 2018, he had like an enormous booth. And it's pretty cool. Like they they basically announced, and I don't, who knows, you know, if and when shows come back if this will hold. But he would basically sign one thing for free, which I thought was super cool. And uh, and so yeah, I got to meet sure. him, and he signed, and we had just a little bit of small talk. And I brought favorite Bill Sienkiewicz piece uh, in my collection, and it's actually the cover to a RZA album. Yeah, he he had a record called. Oh wow, that's like Bobby com- Digital. Perfect. That's perfect cross pollinization for you right there. Yeah. Yeah, what Riza Riza and Bilson Kevich? Oh, yeah, for me. Comics and yeah, exactly. Fucking, it's like my yeah, sweet spot. comics and comics and music. Yeah, it's like wow, you could you couldn't get any more Keith. While I'm while, I know right while I'm uh, while I'm talking about this for a second, um, or while I go on to the next thing, go ahead and queue up Riza Bobby Digital one right, yeah. and uh, and what you'll see is the the cover is the one I'm talking about is a white background, and then it's got the Riza you know, dressed up like this character holding like, I think an enormous kind of, you know, futuristic gun. And uh, it's done in this like collage style of like old school black exploitation oh, yeah. posters. Dude, I love it. 
I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've got my copy of the LP signed by Bill Sinkevich, um in my collection. So yeah, That's man, it, friggin' awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah I and, and that. It, it's yeah, like his, when uh, Kobe came out with the uh, Bruce Lee's. Yeah. Like when he had Kobe Bruce Lee's, I was like, oh, you guys just made shoes for me. Like this <laughs> is crazy, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so yeah, man, that was uh, that was then the second little little piece of animals that I got back, and then the third piece was actually, you know, I, I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse because this was technically the first thing, but uh, it was the first thing in the order of operations. But it's the third thing I wanted to talk about, which is I pushed through some more backgrounds that I was doing. Um, remember how I mentioned that I was gonna, I think, play a lot, and I was kind of experimenting some, with some things to see if they worked, et cetera, et cetera. After putting a couple mm-hmm. hours into it, maybe maybe about five or six over the course of the week, I decided it needs to be tossed. It didn't go anywhere. So the first thing I did was, you know, having this kind of like, whew, this little mini, mini moment where you're like, no, no, the best course of action is actually to throw all this away and start fresh with mm-hmm. a better idea. And I think that that's an interesting thing to think about in terms of like the process of anything. The best path forward is sometimes to just throw the shit away that you worked on and and start over with more knowledge of what you want, right? So um so yeah, man, it was yep. a it's it's not the first time I've ever done that and it's not the last. And I also think that the more you create does take some level of of, you know, just knowing that you can do better next time by scrapping what you have and being like, screw this, man, I'm getting rid of it. Yeah, I I did the same thing when I was working on this most recent page uh, for Second Shift 10. And there's a couple of things that relate to that art wise. So if you're working digitally, um, you can do a sketch, right? And you can really enjoy the sketch that you did. And you can try to clean it up and use that as the final image. Or you can start a new layer. You can go right on top of it and just go over what you did. So it's like, it's not like you're throwing away the original sketch. You love the original sketch, but it can't be the final sketch. It can't be the yeah. final image. It's, it's your, you know, just the initial. So you start over with a new layer. And uh, another way that relates to what I was doing was there was a pose and I felt like the pose was right, but no matter how much I tried to tweak it, it wasn't coming out correctly. So what I did was I turned that layer off and I was like, well, what else could I do besides this pose? And I was like, well, I could bring him to the foreground more. So I'll have a foreground image, a midground image, and a background image. And then so I tried that and it flowed so much better. Instead mm-hmm. of me trying to salvage something I had initially put down, sometimes you do just need to throw it away and start new. And uh, so that's what I did. And, and I sped through that panel after that. So. Yeah, man. Again, that's and that's that's the way it tends to work, right? Um, and I, I do have a better idea of what I want going forward, um, and and hopefully it'll it'll bear bear fruit. So we will see what happens. We had we had texted beforehand that, um, and I only have a few questions here, so I'm I'm banking on the discussion going a little bit more. Something that comes up a lot in making independent comics is the word Kickstarter, right? And uh, and you have a Kickstarter that you're launching pretty soon. Right. And uh, and I have yes. one that I'm going to do as well. I think generally in the 2021 landscape of comic making, especially given the um, the reduction slash absence of shows um, there, you could argue that they're even more necessary than they, they've ever been. And so um, I just wanted to have a few. I, I wrote down a few things that I was thinking about with Kickstarters and uh, and, you know, let, let's start with the basics. How many successful Kickstarters have you had? I want to say seven. Okay. I have run seven. Let me look real quick. I do have, um, since I have done so many of them, I have them all on hand here. So mm-hmm. I can just check real quick. Well, and and regardless, it, it, it explains why I'm going to be the one answering, uh, sorry, asking most of the time, and you're going to be the one answering, because I have one, and, uh, and, okay. and you have seven. Uh, eight. I eight. have eight. All yeah. right. And Excellent. so I'll be uh, launching my ninth one uh, on February 1st, more than likely. Okay. So if it's February 1st, that means that is right when this airs. Oh, right on. Okay. So yeah, anyone listening to this, check, uh, you know, Kickstarter for Second Shift uh, 2ND, not S-E-C-O-N-D. So look for Second Shift. Um, you can just type that in and, and you know, something will be 
popping up. Um, the title is going to be something along the lines to uh, uh, Drawtober, uh, Drawtober to Comics, you know, or something along those lines. I'll, I'll figure it out. It'll be way fancier than that and way cooler sounding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. Will it be like you should make it like a like a, a Norwegian death metal title, like Becoming so. of the Northern Plains of Shift Two. Frost gods of the <laughs> death planes murder. <laughs> anyway. Or uh, look for that. So Google that or second shift when you yeah, get on uh, kickstarter.com. Or if you want to have fun, you can look up the uh, death metal uh, uh, song title generator, which is what I was just thinking of when I did that. That I, I have uh, minutes of fun on end just hit, repeatedly hitting... Uh, simulate a death metal song title for me so anyway but that's another story <laughs> um, that's funny oh yeah. hey so i wanted to, speaking of speaking of kickstarter um and uh, you know working on comics uh, something i forgot to bring up a couple of weeks back was i ran into a snafu so initially i was going to run the kickstarter from mid mid uh january so like january 15th to either the first week of February or February 1st. I don't like doing full months. Like it's honestly, it's probably more beneficial to do a full month, but I just, I, I don't know, man. I just can't do it, stand doing a full month for whatever reason. I probably will for this one. It's just, it feels like it's always one week too long. But uh, anyway, the reason why uh, there was a delay was I have a relatively famous cover artist uh, for the Kickstarter exclusive cover. And um, he was a bit behind and it wasn't looking like it was going to happen until maybe Mar or uh, April, April or May. And I gave him an incentive to maybe do it sooner. So we'll see if it's happening, but I think it is going to happen. And... Um, yeah, so February you will you will potentially see his Kickstarter exclusive cover. I'm psyched about it. I don't want to talk about it just in case it doesn't happen. And um, but it sounds like it is. I haven't heard back. He asked me when I needed it by, so it sounds like it's potentially going to happen. Um, and so yeah, that was something I forgot to bring up a couple of weeks ago. And at that point, there was no update. It was like, hey, it looks like I'm screwed. So I yeah, was uh, I in the in, yeah, I was in the process of trying to figure out who I could potentially get to do an alternate cover. Um, but what he was going to do was just so perfect for this issue that I really couldn't think of anyone else. And the only other person I could think of was uh, uh, the the French artist I had talked about a few episodes back. I was like, well, I could probably get him to do something similar. But then I'm going to kind of have two pieces of a similar flavor, um, you know, for for the book and then one for just later on, you know, whenever I yeah. would use it. Um, but anyway. All right. So on to the question. Sorry about that. I hear you. I, I was going to say, is the artist Vincent Van Gogh? Shit. You figured it out. I knew it. I mean, that would explain the delays, right? Because you have to like, you know, seances. That's one. Right. Reanimating him, him from, from the, the dead. dead. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I, I've given him the COVID vaccine and it uh, brings people back to life also. I don't know if you guys knew it did that. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I haven't taken it. So you're okay. Well, I'll, I'll have to test it by, uh, by, by working that theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be interesting, right? If you came back from the dead, I, you probably would have to get vaccinated for COVID anyway, wouldn't you? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're just like, you're good against kind of everything. It goes with the idea that, you know, like there there are germs that we solved hundreds of years ago that if they got reintroduced today, we'd be in trouble. Right. So uh, anyway, but that's yeah, exactly. That's for, that's for fun horror and crime novelists to explore. And you so, anti-vaxxers. Uh, yeah, exactly. And for them to explore. As well. Vaccinate your kids. They, okay. <laughs> Okay, so I have a few questions here, um, and and a couple of them have come up <clears throat> from things you've you've mentioned before. So the first one is, what does prepping a Kickstarter mean? You referenced prepping a Kickstarter on a previous episode, and I wanted to know a little bit of details there on what you mean when you say that. Well, okay, so there's a couple of things that you're going to want to do before you launch your Kickstarter. Number one, um, graphics. 
So if you have, you're going to have Kickstarter bundles, you're going to have these tiers. So you're going to want to create a physical representation of those bundles. Um, I find that that is most helpful and helps with uh, attracting potential uh, backers. You know, they can they can physically see what they're going to get. A lot of people are visual, especially people that are into comic books. So that's very helpful. Um, so I create those myself. So that that all takes time. And then thinking of the tiers themselves, um, you're able to start a Kickstarter project. So let's say you're not launching your project for another month. You're able to go on to Kickstarter and start the prep work on the project. So you can start creating the tiers, you can start uploading your videos, your uh, thumbnail uh, images that will appear on Kickstarter when people are scrolling through. You can upload all of that even though you're not gonna launch for potentially another month. So slowly uh, you, can, you can update those things or you could do it all at once and then um, if you haven't done a Kickstarter before, it might take a few days for your project to get approved. I know on my last project, it took, uh, I want to say two, two days from when I hit launch. And that kind of sucked and it had never happened before. Um, usually when I hit launch, it'll go, okay, we're reviewing your project. We'll let you know when it's approved. Mm -hmm. And um, usually it, it's like within the hour, I'll get a notification saying, hey, all right, looks good, you know, you're you're good to go. You're ready to launch or whatever. Or your your project is launched or just hit the launch button, and okay. um, I think that's what it is. It says okay, your your project is approved. Hit launch whenever you're ready to go. Um. Okay. So the last yeah. So the last one I did, it it wasn't ready for a couple of days, and I was like, this this is crazy. This has never happened. I don't know if, um, you know, management or or whatever has changed in Kickstarter. So that was a first for me. So just be prepared for that. If you plan on launching on the first of the month or something or the fifteenth of the month, hit uh, send it, submit it uh, a few days prior. So then that way, you you have the ability to launch when you want to launch. Um, and I would say honestly, that's about it. You want to just make sure you got all your tiers down. Uh, you got your physical uh, visual representation of what those tiers are going to be, and uh, that's pretty much it. But that's it's very time consuming. You know, I think I could thumbnail those images, the the tiers, like in a day, you know, it wouldn't take an entire day, but it would take quite a few hours. And I'll think of the tiers throughout, you know, the month prior to launching the Kickstarter, like we've talked about in previous episodes, or just, you know, BSing on the side, uh, talking about these things. So, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll be thinking of those tiers, what I can do, you know, who I would need to contact. Finding, that's another thing too. If you plan on doing something like metal prints or special covers or uh, any of those things, find out how long that stuff would take to, to get done. And that way, when you're uh, updating your tiers, it says uh, um, expectations of delivery for that, that tier, right? So yeah. if you know your metal print company says, look, we're booked up for the next X amount of months, then you're you're going to need to make sure you put that on the tier. So your backers aren't wondering what's going on with you. Hey, how come this yeah. guy hasn't delivered what he said on this date? So um, yeah, that's, that's also very important. So make sure you've crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's on when, you're, when your product could potentially be made and delivered to you. Quick mini follow-up on that. Would do as many follow-ups. Do them as long as you want. Sure. W would it not? I got all so the answers. You got all the answers. Okay. So I got all the answers. I'm Google. I am. I'm, I'm Kickstarter Google over here. I am actually. Um, so it's funny you mentioned that because I have thought through all my tiers um, for mine that again I'm planning to put up in early March, and um, and I've also um, thought through you know just a bunch of things. Right. When it comes to the timing, does it not make sense to just have everything come out at the same time? Would I mean, it, it, I'm sure there are other ways to do it, but one very realistic way to do it would be to, to take the thing, like basically to give yourself a conservative um, estimate on when it'll be available, right? And then mm -hmm. 
and then work everything backwards from there. You're basically managing it like a project, right? Whatever has the longest lead time, you just order that thing first, right? I mean, is that not how a lot of people do it when they just kind of uh, uh, plan on shipping out everything roughly at the same time? I don't know about a lot of people or everybody, but I for sure do that. So I will give my, so I will find out what is going to take the longest. And then I'll also, I'll also estimate drawing tiers. So like on top of them, let's say they get the biggest tier, which has everything in it, special cover, metal print, um, which I don't like to do anymore. Um, Honestly, it just, it's so hit or miss. It's, it's a bit frustrating. Um, I will factor in, okay, how long, Okay, I'll get it on this date. And then how long will it take me to draw all of those potential headshots or whatever? Okay, maybe another month or two, depending on how many I get. So I'll estimate as far out as the longest thing. And then everyone basically gets that same um, uh, date. So let's say it's uh, February to March, and I'll estimate july or august or something right and usually my projects aren't even that long um yeah because usually i have everything done and as soon as the kickstarter's finished as soon as everyone turns in their surveys i'm off to the races um yeah but i will give myself roughly a five month uh five month out time maybe six and then that way everyone's like hey i got this three months before i was supposed to you know and that's how i like to do it no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and and you know what? As you were talking, you reminded me of something that's different between the two of us, which is you're probably offering things like commissions, which require your time. I don't have any of those, mm-hmm. right? For me, it right. is it is product creation and product delivery as opposed to anything I have to do that might be time consuming on top of that, like a commission. But you know what, that you can potentially do and uh, other writers out there that are thinking about doing Kickstarters, you can talk to your artist and find out, hey, how much would it cost for a headshot? You know, like, oh, yeah. how much would you charge me to do a headshot? And, um, you know, cause I want to do it for the Kickstarter or whatever. And so they'll give you the price and then you can estimate on top of that, okay, there. Let's just pick a number, right? Profile, just a head. Headshots don't take much, take, don't take long at all, right? Let's say yeah. he says, ah, twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, super quick headshot, you know, quick pencil and ink, you know, no fuss, no muss. And then you can do the charge of that on top of the cost of your products, and then give yourself a little bit more, you yeah. know, and because that's what Kickstarter is, you know, it's like. You're you're usually you're charging your audience a little more than they would uh, pay at a comic store, and usually Kickstarter audiences are okay with paying that because they're no they know they're helping you. Um, yeah. Personally, I do I do cover price like on the books, but then I'll also include a digital. You know, so yeah. it's like hey, you you're getting the book at cover, but you're also getting this digital whether you want it or not. It's included into the price. But I will do that kind of that kind of same process with like, well, I would charge this much for a headshot or whatever, since I'm the one doing them, right? Like, so there's not really that much of a um, of an increase. But you can increase it by, so you can you know increase it like you know just even five to ten bucks, and so mm-hmm. that way it could kind of go towards uh, your printing cost, shipping cost, and things along along that realm. So that's something to think about, you know, for for the writers out there is, yeah. uh, you know, contacting your artist and seeing if they're game for it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so, no, that, that was all really good stuff. So I, I don't know if any of, of these other questions are as long or involved, but uh, they do. The questions I had written down do uh, line up pretty well with some things you've mentioned already. Right. Um, number one is. And and let me let me give a quick caveat here. This is not intended to be Kickstarter 101, right? There are plenty of good resources out there, including mainly ones that are on Kickstarter as a site that you can really use um, if you're if you're entirely new to the whole Kickstarter process. But these are more, you know, I like to think that these might be some you know insider tips or, or things that that people tend to kind of learn that may not get passed down. Um, so when it comes to tiers, I wanted to know if you have any experience on what uh, an optimal number of tiers might be. Can you have too many? Um, could there be a tier fatigue, you know? And if so, what do you have a sweet spot number that seems to work for you? Okay, so I don't have an exact number that is the sweet spot, but definitely don't do 
the thing where you're increasing your tiers by five dollars each time like and, and i have made this mistake it was a a tier fatigue like sometimes people get overwhelmed like okay wait what's the difference between this this one this forty dollar one and this forty five dollar one and um you know so it's just like this mental math everyone's doing with all these different tiers so what i usually like to do is there is uh kickstarter already includes a one dollar plus tier so you don't need to create mm -hmm. that right yeah so i'll do a five dollar tier which is just the digital product um, but i will also do a six dollar or seven dollar tier depending that includes the book and a digital so for two dollars more you get a physical copy of the book the catch is you're going to pay three dollars in shipping which isn't an overabundance right so mm -hmm. for a single issue with uh, a digital you're going to pay somewhere between eight to eight to nine eight to ten dollars or something like that um so that's one two or two i will usually go straight to 15 to 17 so with the three dollar shipping it, it equals 20 bucks and that will be my kickstarter exclusive cover so that's two and then i'll go to 25 which is uh exclusive exclusive print plus your name in the book and so there's three and then five uh, um or not five uh 50 i'll go up to like 40 or 50 somewhere along those lines and it'll be like some kind of limited edition cover uh you know and then somewhere around 75 to 100 will be hey do you want all of my books so I will, it'll be like a bulk option of every single book that I've created that I have available. And uh, uh, that'll be a tier. So, yep. so yeah, so the, that's kind of right. how I like to do it. So I want to say, I want to say anywhere from s six to eight, um, because I will also do roles like, oh, do you want to be in the book? Then, you know, a uh, hundred bucks, you'll be in one background. You know, yep. 500 bucks, you'll have, you'll be uh, in multiple issues with a speaking role. And so those are nice perks for, for, you know, people that got a little bit more funds and they want to see themselves in a comic book. And so it'll definitely help with your overall goal, uh, get it there quicker. Okay, that's, that's interesting. You, that's answering the next question I had, which was it's you you'd be hard pressed to sit in on any kind of Kickstarter how to presentation. Um, and not have them bring up the concept of this high value, super creative tier. And my question to you was going to be, do you find that, that that's a smart idea or do you think that whole idea is overrated and people tend to not cash in on things like that? Like, I'll draw you in the book. You know what I mean? I'll, oh, I'll, oh, people I'll, love I'll workshop a song for you. You know what I mean? Like whatever it's going to be. Yeah, people absolutely love being in the book. There's people that do like the idea that they're going to be in one panel. And sometimes they end up in multiple panels just based off of where they are in the book. You sure. know, it's like, okay, I drew them in this scene, but you can see them like they clearly have to be in the background of this, this second yeah, panel. They're, so they're sometimes they get evaporate. more bang for. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. They get more bang for their buck. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and then the speaking roles, like I have uh, a couple of people that like to be in the book pretty regularly and um, they're, they're pretty awesome. They're just. It's so cool that they they turn up for all of my projects. They're always supporting. Um, there's a guy uh, named Patrick, and Patrick Arnold. Shout out to Patrick. He's he's freaking awesome. He has a reoccurring role in the second shift. He's the comic book store owner, and it's because he's bought that tier uh, so many times on my Kickstarters. It's like okay, you just you're just part of my story now. Like yeah. you're just always there. So um, yeah, I love having him in there. He he's made a great addition to the book. And uh, yeah, man, people people really enjoy that tier. Nice, nice. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. So I got I got a couple more here. Any words of wisdom on the videos? Um, it's weird because I've I've pledged to a couple of your kickstarters, yet I don't remember watching any of the videos. Um, so what is your what is your guidance? I'm assuming you do them for every single one. What what are your thoughts on them? You know, like I mean, I know optimal length. They always say to keep it between about two and two and a half minutes, maybe a little longer. But uh, do you have any no. um, learnings or words of wisdom or anything along the lines of videos? Honestly, I found that people watch the videos less and less these days. They used okay. to be very important, and I still think it's important to have a video, but optimal one minute or under 
people's wow. attention pans uh, attention spans are way shorter than they used to be and kickstarter the app and if you go on the site on your computer they give you uh, statistics so if you like statistics kickstarter is pretty amazing about it and it shows you how long people watch your video video for like how long till completion how many people actually completed completed your video and it was the percentage was so small when the video was long when the video is under a minute it's pretty high so i do recommend yeah i do recommend under a minute and honestly, if you haven't watched my videos, you should really find my Kickstarters. The 2017, so if you look up Accidental accidental Alien Anthology, 2017, you can just type in Accidental Alien Anthology, all of them will come up. The 2017, I think, is by far the best video because uh, there's a scene where I'm in front of a fake fireplace and uh, it's just a whole thing. Like it's it's very oh, yeah. comical. The two thousand the two thousand eighteen is um, cl- uh, is it Clue? What's the one where where someone is dead? Like oh, the butler did it with the uh, you know is it Clue? Yeah, I mean Clue Clue is Colonel Mustard in the study with a candlestick. Y- yes. Okay. Yeah. So we do a, a Clue style knockoff where a bunch of us are doing really fake accents. Okay. And it's like a whole thing. So that one's really fun. So watch the 2017, 2018. My nice. very first Kickstarter was horrendous. It was like, you if you watch that video, you would never think I have ever been in front of a camera before, let alone wrestled in front of people in spandex. So it was like, I was, I was dumb. I did not know how to speak to the camera. I was in a room alone by myself when I was recording it. And uh, my sister uh, at the time was a videographer. And so she had to chop it up the best she could. She was like, dude, yeah. this is really rough. And I was like, you don't understand how long it took me to record that. So please just put it together, you know, and she did. Um, but yeah, I think it's integral to to the Kickstarter. I think it helps quite a bit. And if you just want to stick to the the basics, if you just want to say, hey, look, this is this is the project we're doing. This is, you know, believe in this project. This is what we're gonna use the money for. Like that's well and good. Um, if you could have it be funny for whatever reason, if you're a humorous person, then go for that. If you're not, don't worry about it. Um, your product will stand for itself. Honestly, I think I watch the video half of the time now when I back mm-hmm. Kickstarters. The, the first thing I do is go look at the art. Like, okay, what's yeah. this art look like? Is the And um, if the art is, uh, to my enjoyment, you know, people, people's, uh, you know, thoughts may vary on, on that. If, if the art is good, I usually back it. Um, yeah. the premise of the story is kind of like, yeah, you know, all right, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> so totally. of, totally. for me as an artist, it's like, whatever, I want to look at it. You know, I want to support yeah. this book. I like the art and uh, maybe the story will be good. I have books from Kickstarters I've backed that I haven't read yet because yeah, you see the Same. art, you're like, oh, this guy seems pretty cool, or this woman seems pretty cool. I'll I'll support, you know, that, that kind of thing. I have, I have backed so many kick. I think I've backed somewhere around uh, in the '70s or '80s, and honestly, I've not read a good majority of them. And um, it's usually like I just like supporting these people in their projects because I'm. As a Kickstarter creator, as a comic book creator that that's constantly using Kickstarter, I feel it's important to give back to the community. So mm-hmm. when I see people posting projects and next to their name it has a zero, like and because that'll tell you how many they've they've backed. Gotcha. I just I kind of get bummed out. I'm like yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to support you. But then if they're just the art is so good, it's like whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. like all right, you're. You know, you're just so damn good. I'll, I'll support your project. So yeah, I like yeah. to give back to the community and, um, you know, help people's projects come to life. I hear you, man. All right. Uh, so I have I have one final question, which is when when the Kickstarter goes live, you know, you and I have had conversations about this that, you know, then the, I feel like then the work begins. There's going to be promotions that you're going to be doing or, or ways of getting the word out. Um, what is your magic number? for reminders to send in a day or posts on social media for a day, one day, when it comes to days where your Kickstarter is live? The first week, the first day, honestly, is invaluable. Like you really need to hustle that first day and try to get as many backers as possible so you can get on Kickstarter's radar. You know, Mm -hmm. if you can get your project at least, like if you have a decent 
a goal number and you can get that number met on the first day or at least halfway on the first day, you might get the attention of Kickstarter and they might put you up on the main page. Like, hey, this this project is hot. Check this project out. Um, so I think that's really important. And the first week, I would say I post two to three times a day the first week. And then after that, I do usually once a day uh, because I don't want to overwhelm people that are following me, you know, on yeah. any of my platforms. Yeah. Twitter is a bit different because I think they say that your tweet lives for about 30 seconds on a, on a Twitter feed. So, you know, you have 30 seconds to a minute to get your tweet in someone's eyes. And if they're not on Twitter in that minute, they probably won't read your tweet. Like it'll just be pushed down, pushed down the lane. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, that's reason number 800. Why, why I don't like Twitter and don't use it. I, I have a couple of accounts on Twitter. <laughs> You'll notice I never talk about them here. They're just kind of like dead, dead town accounts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I just, because I don't like Twitter as a medium, you know, I, I read some, you know, sort of related to Kickstarter and sort of not, I read some interesting um, tip that I really liked because it resonated with me. And it basically said like, you don't need to, to to be on all social media, be on the ones you like, you know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. if, if you only like Facebook, then only be on Facebook, only use Facebook. Don't feel, don't waste some of your energy by promoting yourself on Twitter when you can't stand it, right? Or if you like Instagram, be on Instagram. You know, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy Instagram, mild Facebook component. That's what I like doing. Yeah, I would say I'm about the same as well. I'm constantly on Instagram because it's a place for visual visual media, you know, it's like, okay, well, it's either pictures of my friends doing something or artists. And that's kind yeah. of all my Instagram is. And um, honestly, all the other social media, I feel like the three major ones that I will always be on, regardless if I spend time on them, is Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So I used to read Twitter every single day. Now I don't. I just, I kind of post and go. And same with Facebook. It's like, I don't spend too much time on there. I'll get notified when certain people post something. Just like if I've made comments on their pages pretty frequently, uh, Facebook will go, hey, this person posted a new status update or whatever, and I'll like click on it. And uh, But that's about it. I don't really surf Facebook at all. Mm -hmm. But I will say um, to, to be on the opposite side of, of what was talked about um, in that article you read or um, someone told you, I, I have gotten backers off of Twitter and and um, I don't enjoy really being on Twitter. So I've all I'll do is I start on Instagram, I'll create my post, I'll copy the texts, I'll post it, and then I'll go over to Facebook and I'll re I'll do it again. I'll just uh, you know, paste the text in there, put up the, the photo, I put them in folders. I like I'm organized, I'm an organized person, so you know if it's a a second shift focused post. I have a folder that's second shift. I have a Wanders of Melisande folder. And so I'll make sure I put them in those those particular folders, post there. Then I'll go to Twitter, post the image, um, paste the text in there, uh, trim it down to, what is it, 140 characters, mm -hmm. and then I'm out. And Maybe that's all I do. I don't... Yeah. So yeah, I know they extended it. Um, so yeah, man, I'll just... I'll post and go. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't really read on Twitter, but... Mm -hmm. There is a presence there. There are people that follow me on Twitter. So uh, I'm going to post there regardless if I'm spending time there. And um, it has got me backers, you know, and that's yeah. something that that I do in my Kickstarters as well. Something for people to think about when you send out your surveys. So if you've never done a, a Kickstarter, a survey is essentially your way of getting your backers names, addresses, um, you know, if they ordered uh, like let's say they back to head sketch, right? Like that's your your place to create the survey where you go, who do you want me to draw for you? You know, or um, if you're mm -hmm. in a group effort, like I've done anthologies, it's like, who do you want to draw your head sketch? What do you want mm -hmm. them to draw for you? So you get to create your own your own um, um, uh, survey to, to the backer. And yeah. one of the first questions I always ask is, how did you hear about my Kickstarter? And, and for me, it is crucial information. Like, I want to know where people are finding out about this. And this is something I talked to you about briefly, um, yep. uh, maybe a couple months back, mm -hmm. was I found that 
I had uh, maybe 30% of my backers of the last project were people that just found me randomly on Kickstarter. They're like, oh, I just saw you on Kickstarter or it mm -hmm. was uh, was recommended. There you go. A recommended Kickstarter to me. So usually, and I don't know how many you've you've backed or, or been on Kickstarter, but um, you know, you'll get an update from someone that you, you back their project and right under it will say, hey, if you like this project, you might like these projects. And mm -hmm. so I think people are finding my projects through that as well. And, and I know I've backed a couple of Kickstarters because of it. It's like, hey, that art's pretty cool. Let me check that out. And it's like, yep, this, this will get some dough. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, make sure when you're doing your surveys, that's, for me, it's very important if you care about that type of thing and want to know where your backers are coming from, um, uh, make sure to put that. And some of them have been Twitter. Like, oh, saw your post on Twitter. It's like, right on, okay. You yeah, know, right it paid on, off. Right. Like, even if it's just one person, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool, man. So that was that was it. That was Kickstarter Roundup One. Um, now is probably a good time to mention that uh, anybody who's listening, if you have any questions um, related to this or any Kickstarter questions, you know we're we are free form in terms of this podcast. You know we we do have the phrase. I kind of carried it over from the last podcast I did, but you know it's our podcast. And uh, maybe we'll want to do another Kickstarter-related episode where we have some questions, and we'd love to hear yours. Uh, if you want to send us some, then there are a bunch of ways to contact us. You can send a note to makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com. All right, man. So so let's, uh, why don't we wrap this up, yeah? And that was some really great, really great knowledge. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I appreciate you sharing it, and hopefully someone out there listening is appreciating it right now as we speak. Well, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to help. I'm glad to pass along that information. I know... Uh, you know, there are a lot of times uh, you don't know what to do. Like I did uh, a decent chunk of research before my first one. And so hearing someone talk about it on a podcast would definitely help. Um, back when I did my very first one, it was just articles. So I just have to read articles about it. And, um, you know, I learned some stuff. And, and I definitely don't know everything that one needs to do. Uh, but I think the basis of what I have will, will get you off the ground and get you where you need to go. Yeah, man. All right, man. Let's uh, let's bring this on home then, huh? Um, why don't you why don't you tell people about your social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Scott Lost S C O T T L O S T and Facebook.com forward slash Scott Lost. And I'm on Instagram at Keith underscore Decibel. That is just me and Kadoja Kaiju, all one word for all things Kadoja. And if you want to actually pick up the books that I've been talking about on these episodes, uh, like the Second Shift, that will be on the Kickstarter. Uh, in the month of March, you can go to accidentalaliens.com and there you could find Second Shift, A Tale of Minimum Wage Workers During the Day, and Superheroes at Night, and Wanders of Melisanda, Humans versus Anthropomorphic Dinosaurs. So that will all be on accidentalaliens.com as, uh, as well as other Accidental Alien titles. And you can also check out my YouTube channel where I mainly review comic books that I'm reading and uh, my, my comic book collection in general. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash user forward slash FN Rage. Quick quick question though. You just mentioned your Kickstarter was starting at beginning of March. You mean beginning of February, right? Yeah, White Claws. February to March. <laughs> Sorry about that. If you're listening to this in the month of February, uh yeah, go to Kickstarter.com and search second shift. Two N D shift. Two words. Yep. And again, that should be live now depending as this uh, episode airs, depending on how quickly the approvals go forward and all that stuff. So yeah, please check that out. And, uh, and then in terms of me, you can check out reviews and things like that on my, um, on my website, keithrfoster.com. Um, I also have some Kadoja things up there as well and, uh, and look to continue adding things as we go. I will, I will catch you next week, brother. Yeah, that was a fun episode. Thank you everyone. Blah, 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 words. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Making Comics and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah.
yeah, I hit record 44 seconds ago. Oh, 44 seconds ago you hit record. Yeah. Right, this is, that'll serve as Boom. a good sync point. That'll serve as a good sync point. So uh, when, when the call first picked up, you sounded a little under the weather. Are you fighting anything right now or no? No, I'm fat. Um, <laughs> you're, fighting, you're fighting fat? You're fighting fat. I'm fatting obese. I'm fighting obesity. Um, I walked upstairs and, and I was just, I was carrying my laptop, my phone, uh, uh, Kirkland brand White Claw. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's how you're doing. Just, just uh, being a fat fuck and not being well, able you to got, walk dude, upstairs. You got, you got a drink for both of us tonight, man. I had to take the night off. I think, uh, I think you know. Well, okay. So, so we were supposed to record two nights ago. You know this. Mm-hmm. We're the only two people mm-hmm. who know this. Anyone listening isn't. And uh, and I just had a bad boy, just a bad oh, bout yeah. of food poisoning or something, man. I don't know what the hell it is. Um, oh, okay. And it's it's still it, it's like lingering, which I think is normal. You know, I mean, um, I didn't get sick, but I've just been mm-hmm. lousy. You know, and okay. um, mm-hmm. and definitely just feeling wonky and having some other effects. But um, yeah, so as a result, I've been on super bland diet ever since. So like my goddamn days, I, the one th- interesting thing is when I felt terrible t- two nights ago, which is, yeah, I started to feel terrible exactly when we were supposed to record. Um, I, I got, uh, I, I just looked with what was in the house and kind of reminded myself what diet I need to eat. Right. And of course it's mm-hmm. brat, right. It's bananas, rice, applesauce and toast. Um, and then, you know, some other things if you can, if you can manage, but, uh, I had bananas, chopped bananas on toast. Right. And, um, oh, okay. and which is and delicious. It, was, it is delicious. It is delicious. I like putting peanut butter. I like, dude. I've toast. added peanut butter. It's a, the fucking Elvis yeah. diet. It's amazing. He was on to it before we all were, right? Wasn't oh, that his so thing? Good. Peanut butter and it. banana sandwiches? I thought that was an Elvis yep. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's how he, di- so, he ate, died on the toilet eating those, I think. <laughs> I think that's how the story goes. I don't know. Okay. Uh, that's. It, I don't know if it's true or apocryphal, right? But uh, it doesn't matter because it's, it's <laughs> awesome. It's awesome. But uh, I mean, straight up, man, I ate that shit and like a, a, a goddamn shaman could not have cured me faster in terms of feeling good than <laughs> eating some bananas on toast. You know what I mean? It was bonkers. It was bonkers. Yeah. When I was on a really tight diet, I would I would eat that pretty regularly actually. Because I uh you know, you get the protein, you get the protein of uh the the peanut butter, you know, so you get the potassium from the bananas. Yeah, yeah. So so that is I am eating that twice a day and then I'm filling in the blanks with like chicken noodle soup. And I'm just basically eating like I'm seven. And, uh, and okay. that's that's what I'm supposed to do right now. But um, I also, no, no caffeine right now and no booze. Um, so I, I am allowing myself a actual cup of coffee in the morning. Um, mm. and, and, that's, and I'm doing okay with that. But yeah, I mean, I've been drinking water all day. Um, and the problem is I, I drink enough caffeine to where, you know, I, I get a headache. And so um, I was fighting one about 30 minutes ago, so I just took an Excedrin. So anyway, it's 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 a awesome lifestyle I'm leading right now. So I want you to I'm, – I'm just going to enjoy – I have no idea what a White Claw tastes like. So I'll just create an image in my head of a White Claw, and then I'll mentally drink it right now as I as I take a sip of this water. I like it. Sounds good. It's uh, so refreshing. I had one during the game and, uh, you know, having another one now, so – yeah, because these it. podcasts age poorly. When this airs, uh, so the Lakers just played the Bucks, which is only ten days from when this airs. But uh, but as I proved in my idiotic comments a couple weeks ago about how the Sixers were awesome and how Lamelo Ball wasn't adjusted to the NBA, that shit ages poorly sometimes, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> but Embiid's, I mean, Embiid is a uh, crushing it right now, though. So that's yeah, good. my but but I, I'm just I laughed at the fact that my comments were stupid four days before the episode even aired <laughs> you know what I mean? right like, yeah no for sure when i was listening to it i was like uh oh, he's so wrong during this <laughs> <laughs> no but the thing is i was right during it i was right during it right like i okay, i watched okay. the mellow ball play basketball in two and a half games yeah I, I know what i was seeing it's just all of a sudden mm-hmm. you got you know that's it there you go dust dust removed rust removed right? yeah he figured so, it out yeah 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 exactly exactly hey can i can i talk about a pet peeve this is a, it's time for weird pet yeah peeves, man do right? it okay so and and like this is one of those things we all have shit we disproportionately can't stand right our dumb little things mm-hmm. this is one of those things i fucking hate 
overdubbed commercials. I can't stand them, man. <laughs> so like um, a car company is running ads right now where actors stand there. There's either no actors or there are actors that aren't facing you. And then they overdub mm-hmm. the voices later and it drives me nuts. It just drives me nuts. I I, I don't know what <laughs> it is. It's a very weird pet peeve it you is. have. That's very yeah, strange. <laughs> Dude, we all got our shit. You know what I mean? But like, You know, yeah, just, you know what I really hate? I hate uh, the pic collages on Instagram where they'll do a single image, but they'll cut it up into like a grid. So it'll be like nine or, uh, uh, you know, 12 Im- or 11, wait, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, I was right. Nine or 12 images and it creates one one giant image. Dude, I cannot stand that shit. It's like and half of the time the image isn't even worth the space. It's like, dude, you're eating up my feet for this fucking image. Like this image better be stellar. <laughs> and then when you look at the image, you're like, it really wasn't, you know, like the one I think of. Oh, God, people are people are about to drink. But the one I remember from like 15 years ago is that there was like Star a Darth Wars. Vader, right? Yeah, like a, a Darth Vader or something where it was like 800 pictures and every one of them was a picture. And then it zooms out to Darth Vader. Is that what this is? Is that what you're talking about? I haven't seen these things. No, not at all. No, that I, I actually like those where um, it's like tiny screen caps from the, the movies and then yeah. it creates Yoda's face or Darth Vader. I actually yeah. like those. Those are pretty cool. But yeah. uh, no, it's face. It's on Instagram and someone will say, uh, draw something, right? The They'll draw something and they'll dissect. They'll cut it up into nine pieces and then the whole thing creates one giant image. So they'll post uh, a grid of one of nine, two of nine, three of nine. And then sometimes it's just a blank corner. So it's so like on your feed, it just looks like a blank box or it'll have a blank box, like a white box with one line through it or something like that. And then when you go onto their page, like their, their screen will show you the giant image, you know, oh. like, cause you know, like if you go onto my feed, you'll see uh, nine, nine or 12 of my posts and then you click yeah. on the one you're like, hey, that that's a cool post and I'll click on that. So with them, yeah. it's each one is just part of one giant image. And I swear to you, 95% of the time, it's not fucking worth it. And it just drives me bonkers. It's like, dude, you're filling my feed full of this crap and it wasn't even worth it. It's like, just knock it off. Just knock it so off. So it's it you sounds know? self-absorbed. It 100%. That is exactly what it is. It's like, dude, you were so proud of this image. Like you, you thought so much of yourself that you thought it was worth clogging up everyone that follows you's feed to see this this one image as a big but image. It's, and, and but it's it really also isn't. like, but it's also like a little too thirsty, isn't it? It's like, I, I'm not, I'm not just satisfied with you looking at my Instagram picture. I now want you to go to my profile. And click on yes. more and then look at all of my pictures in totality because it solves time travel or whatever, right? Like, it's it mm-hmm. just, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not missing anything, right? No, that's that's exactly what it is. And it, it drives me bonkers. You, I have no friends that do that. I, I feel like this is a good thing. You're lucky. Right? Okay. You're lucky. <laughs> okay. I know a couple of guys that do it and it's just like, dude, this ain't it. You're putting them on blast right now, whoever whoever you bitches are. Uh, Yeah, Um, not putting them on blast. But if they do listen to this podcast, and you, if you're listening to this podcast and you do it, I might not even know you, and I don't know that you do it. But just just know it's bad. It's not good. It's self (laughs) it's self absorbed and it's dumb. You know, if you have an image that you're proud of, just post that image. You know, like it, it should be able to stand on its own. You don't need to make a big hoopla about it. So. Bringing you down to earth, random stranger. Yeah, exactly. And and on a similar note, if anyone listening is a person that does commercials that involve vocal overdubs, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's horrible and everyone hates it. I promise you. Like it's it's That's less right. popular than Jar Jar Banks at his least popular. Right. So. And we're not going to buy a car from your company. We're going to go to scottloss.com <laughs> and get a used. <laughs> Korean vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what we're doing. I would much rather go to scottlostcomics.com and get a good used car. (laughs) 
All right, uh, we let let me let me bring myself together and then we can get started on this. Yeah, no, import that shit from Korea, bring it over yeah, exactly. on a giant boat. Exactly, bring it, bring it. All right, hold on. Uh, All right, we used exploring instead of describing. Right, I still have my old picture. Yes, up. sir. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> anally probing. Have I made that joke before? <laughs> I hope I haven't. Anyway. I mean. I don't think so. But Does it matter? <laughs> exactly. Podcast. Okay, uh, here we go. Um, welcome to Making podcast Comics. Anally, podcast anally probing your thoughts. <laughs> a podcast that is a colonoscopy <laughs> for what you're thinking. <laughs> it's, a, it's a probe with a camera on it. hits it. you so hard in the brain, you fill it in your apple. <laughs> it, is a, it, is a, it is an all-body experience when it comes to comic exploration <laughs> okay god damn it hold on all right okay all right here we go <clears throat> okay i just i just need a minute i need a minute you just you're just thinking about it is, is this what happens when you quit caffeine you just get stupid oh, maybe man. I mean, I'm not we drinking. We can't anally probe no you, though, because, you know, the, <laughs> well, the diarrhea that, or whatever. This is exactly <laughs> how you would prepare for a colonoscopy. You would go on a bland diet and you would quit caffeine for a couple of days. So, Oh, there you go. Good time. I like Good it. Good times. Good times. All right, here we go. 